Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, the go-to ADHD emotional strategy, escape. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Jan, please introduce our guests. Our guests today are Riley Carbon and Griffin Rouse. Riley and Griffin are professional ADHD coaches with the Center for Living Well with ADHD. Riley was working as a nonprofit fundraiser and consultant when she was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. She started as an ADHD coaching client herself and has experienced firsthand what coaching can do to promote success in living with ADHD. She found coaching to be so life-changing that she became a coach herself. Griffin Rouse, diagnosed as a child, has lived his whole life with ADHD and has a unique understanding of the impact of ADHD. He uses the principles of asset-based development to identify strengths and opportunities to help his clients understand and improve the way they relate to others. For more information, visit CenterForLivingWellWithADHD.org. Riley, Griffin, welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thanks, Josh. Really excited to be here, too. Thrilled that you guys came on. So for our listeners out there, um, this is a really unique show. I've never done anything like this. Um, What I really want to illustrate today is uh, I I studied Dr. Russell Barkley's executive functioning uh, model um, 
in the context of ADHD, and it's been amazing to me at how intense and how much his model explains everything. One of the things that I have learned is that you have two levels. Think, think of your brain as a two-level system. There's the automatic brain, right? That's the brain that likes reward. It wants to escape boredom now. It's the one that we talk about as being impulsive, um, one that's hard to regulate. But the other brain is the thinking brain. It's the executive functioning brain where you actually think towards a goal. It's very, very effortful. We actually have research in now. Um, there was a study done where they took people with the same IQ who took a test for the same score. They divided them up into two groups, asked them how difficult was the test. For, the, for people who had the same IQ and the same test score, consistently the people with ADHD rated it as more difficult. So the notion here is thinking is difficult. And one of the things about thinking is, is when, when thinking is difficult, like if it's 150 degrees outside, it's, it's difficult. All you want to do is run inside to sit and drink some lemonade. So one of the things I want to talk about is the notion of when I'm coaching people to, to begin to realize how much emotions are really kind of playing into this that are really invisible. So you think about what you can see right, and how we judge it. This is kind of like, think of it as an intangible driver to that. So we're going to get into some details in a second, but I just want to ask um, you first, Riley. And I've, I've worked with both of these coaches to kind of help them um, become great. They're great coaches already, but might become masterful coaches. But your realization, Riley, that emotions are more prevalent than what you thought. Just give us just your synopsis. Revelation, a surprise yeah. to you? Yeah, so um, if you're okay with it, I would love to tell a story based on sure. what you... So I think you've referenced it on the show before, but an exercise that you had us do was you asked us to do three... Tell you what the answer was for three to the power of five. Yep. And I think both of us went, ugh, or, oh, I'm not, I'm not good at this. I'm, I don't do mental math. And... And then you came back to say, look at what your response was. I didn't say you had to do it inside your head. I didn't say you had to, you know, do it in a certain way. But your first immediate response was the ugh or a sigh or a describing that I'm not good at this. Mm -hmm. And when you talked about that that is the emotional response, that's when it hit me that, holy cow, this shows up everywhere. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it was really it was really incredible so that's the emotional regulation side of of executive function right there's this is mm -hmm. a difficult calculation and you could see it manifest in your behavior right then and there not even knowing that that was a reflexive response Ab yep absolutely not i neither i don't think neither griff or griffin or i were aware at how often that kind of ugh or a sigh, or a, a freeze or something, comes up through many, many times throughout our day. Mm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Griffin, your version of this. Yeah, so I guess I had the, a similar uh, epiphany on that three to the power of five that Riley had, but I think I'm, I'm a little bit denser than Riley, so it took me a little bit longer to kind of fully understand it. And I think the story I tell a lot to people now is I was sitting in my kitchen Around lunchtime, and I, I was physically hungry. I could still hear my stomach growling. And then my brain said to me, yeah, but you don't feel like eating right now. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. I, I absolutely feel like eating, 
why am I making an emotional decision, a reflexive response right now to not eat? And then I had to stop and think. And when I used my thinking brain, I was able to realize that I did feel like eating. I didn't feel like doing the dishes, though. And the dishes <laughs> that were in the sink required me to make – they were required as far as what, did I want, what I wanted to make for lunch. So I had to stop and think, okay, what else can I make for lunch that doesn't require me to clean the pot to make the pasta in that I planned on making? Because I don't want to do dishes right now. But my initial response, my reflexive response, my emotional response was to say, I don't feel like eating right now, which was incredible to me because I could feel my stomach growling, you know? It was, mm. it was remarkable. So it, both of these situations, you're trying to escape thinking or you're trying to escape yeah. doing the dishes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I've learned with Dr. Barkley's model is thinking is effortful. It's very difficult to do thinking inside your head. People with ADHD don't realize that working memory is impaired, so thinking inside your head is a little bit more difficult. People with ADHD are as intelligent as anybody else. However, they need to externalize it. They need to see or they need to kind of talk out loud. And it's kind of this invisible thing when you go from one part to the next. So you're going from the inside of your head to the outside of your head. And I want to kind of pause there. Before we got into this, what did you guys think when, when we talked about emotions? What did you see an emotion as? I saw it as a meltdown. Um, so okay. when you were talking about emotional responses, I was looking for the, the child having a temper tantrum, the overwhelmed, shut down, just start sitting there sobbing because you don't know what to do. Um, I was looking for the really clear, obvious indicators that emotions were present and were, were overwhelming this person's ability to control themselves. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty similar. I was thinking of the times when I would have disagreements with my partner and mm-hmm. I would just get flooded with rage, just mm-hmm. rage over what, again, to my logical brain was like, oh, it's just something small. But I would just get flooded. I would need to go um, take a walk. I, like, I would need to calm down for a while. That's mm. what I thought that we were talking about for emotions, just like Griffin, that big, huge, unavoidable, other people can see it clearly. <laughs> yep. You know, one thing I think yeah. that people, when they think about emotion, they think of tears or anger, tears of joy, tears of sorrow, angry, outbursts, mm-hmm. like very – Physical mm-hmm. responses that everybody can observe. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yep. So I want to take a break because we want to come back and we're going to transition about what emotions look like that don't look like that. Um, our secret toward, word tonight is go, just geo, nice and simple. Um, before we go to break, I would like, Riley, can you talk about um, the center a little bit, what you're all about, what you do? And everybody, to learn more about Griffin and Riley, you want to go to their website at Center for Living well with ADHD.org. So again, Riley, can you just give us a, a quick review of what they can expect? Yeah. Together? yeah. So our full name is kind of long, uh, Center for Living Well with ADHD. Um, we are a little bit unique in that we're a collection of coaches. Um, I think we have nine coaches total now. And so what comes out of that is that we're able to provide lots of different kinds of support, um, as in individual ADHD coaching, group ADHD coaching, we have classes, but all of our coaches are professionally certified and only work with people with ADHD. And because we have um, so many different coaches at the center, we cover a really broad range of ages 
um, and subjects that people want support on. Um, so if you're looking for support, happy to help you. Again, it's Center for Living Well with ADHD.org, not .com, .org, right? Correct, .org. All right, excellent. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by Dig Coaching. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Riley, Riley and Griffin, um, who are are part of the Center for Living Well with ADHD. We're having a conversation about the emotional role uh, emotions play in ADHD. And so far we've been talking just a little bit about executive function and kind of where they show up. And I think it's really easy for people to look at emotions as outbursts, crying, tears, joys, et cetera, as we said before the break. But as we go a bit further, I want to kind of talk about the subtleties of emotion. And uh, Ryan, you okay if I tell the post-it story? Yes, absolutely. All right. True thing. And I'm now seeing it all the time in my clients, so go for it. So this, is, this was a fun moment. I was working with Riley and Griffin a little bit on coaching, trying to kind of help them up their game a little bit. And one day we were, we were talking, and, and one of the things with coaching is just, when you get on the call, we're, we're directional. Like, what do you want to get out of today? What do you want coaching? It's really important that you ask that question. And then you ask a lot of questions around to confirm with specificity because a lot of times people walk in, they say one thing, but as you ask questions, it ends up being something different. And I was encouraging Riley to get on it a little bit sooner in the conversation and to be a little bit more direct. And we had talked about it a couple times, and I said, you know, well, how are you going to remember to do this? Because it's one thing to know to do it. Like I know that I need to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to catch the flight at the airport, which is early. But what's going to enable me to actually get up? Well, I'm going to set my alarm clock. Think of it like if you don't do something to interject, you're probably going to forget it. And she said, well, I'll I'll put a post-it on my computer. And I said, okay. And I just kind of let it go for a little bit. And we kept talking, and I said, let's stop for a second. Let's kind of go back. I said, did you notice – your emotional response to me. Remember that, Riley? I do. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah, you didn't realize, (laughs) what do you mean? Emotional response? And I'm like, yeah, what was your emotional response? I said, you told me that you're going to put a post-it on your computer. Everybody, we had never had a conversation about this. And I said, okay, so you got, how many post-its you got on your computer? I don't know what you said, but there was, uh, there were several, maybe 15, something like that. Yeah. Yep. And then I called you out. I said, let me ask you a question. How often or when do you ever look at those post-its? And I think your response was, well, I look at them for a day or two, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I go, and then they yeah, become wallpaper. Then they become wallpaper, right? And I said, you know, if you'll notice, that was a throwaway answer. Mm-hmm. What? Think about it, everybody. This is very subtle, right? 
But remember, thinking inside your head is difficult. If you read a book, you hey, it's an easy thing. That's what I should do. The go-to answer is put a post-it, set a timer, and do whatever. But it doesn't consistently work. So in the moment, in order to resolve this, you'd actually have to think, hmm, become self-aware. Hmm, what do I do that works? Well, I don't know. Post-it sounds really good, but if you take a look at it and think, well, how often do I look at post-its? Like never. Understand that requires effortful thinking and self-awareness. It's threatening for people with ADHD to say, listen, that sounds good, but it's not going to work. That's an emotional response. If if you accept it, it's not going to work, then you have to think of an alternative, pretty hard mm-hmm. don't you think riley to come up isn't that it's easy to say the post-it will work but anything after that is going to require a lot of thinking make sense absolutely i still can remember the feeling of <laughs> you telling me that that wasn't going to work and my just complete emptiness for <laughs> ideas for how to actually do this if the post-it wasn't going to work because the post-it had been my go-to oh i need to remember something it's a post-it but you were really challenging me to think more about, hey, what's going to actually make a significant change in how you do coaching? And it's certainly not a post-it. And, 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 and the, the point here is you began to think about even right now, okay, if the post-it's not going to work, what is going to work? Can you feel a low level of the anxiety on this call? Like, I don't know what the answer is going to be. I've got to actually come up with something, right? That's a lot of work. <laughs> And, 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 and I love everybody snickering on the phone because it's a real subtle thing. And I was calling around, and I said, yeah, well, that was an emotional thrill away. You didn't really put any effort into that answer. And Not to make them feel bad, but remember, thinking inside your head with ADHD is really difficult. And this is a great example. What's three to power five? Oh, God, I'm horrible at math. Oh, I'll just throw a post-it. That's an emotional response to get out of the thinking. So, I, Griffin, you're snickering over there a little bit. <laughs> Can you tell us about your experience, like, listening to this? Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm figuring because I, I can very distinctly recall when Riley gave you that answer, you very sort of quickly in sort of a, a very Jeff Copper fashion responded with, <laughs> what would it be like if you didn't give me an emotional response? And I thought to myself, whoa, man, this was, that was really, like, that was intense, and she wasn't emotional, so I, I kind of wanted to, like, come to her defense and, Jeff, like that, what, what about that was emotional? And, and, and you know, thinking, okay, this guy's going to have to explain himself here. <laughs> and then he went through it, and I was like, holy cow. Oh, my God. This is everywhere. And I thought about my, you know, myself and then my clients. And, and, but, I mean, just, you know, in a, matter of, in a matter of self-reflection, just, holy cow, this shows up, I mean, in all kinds of facets, and I think, you know, one of the things that I, I like a lot, of, I'm, I coach a lot of younger kids, and they'll tell me, well, I didn't feel like brushing my teeth tonight or yesterday morning, and I got to ask them, what does that feel like? What does it feel like to not want to brush your teeth? And then they start to realize, oh, they're having an emotional response to thinking about brushing their teeth. And we get to go down that road of what are feelings doing here? And, what, and how did they get here? And what, what's, this, what's this space here that we're, we're existing in? What kind of a choice are you making when, when, when you make the choice not to brush your teeth because you don't feel like it? Um, but it, it really um, – it was so pervasive um, and, and so infectious in every aspect of, you know, of decision-making with ADHD – I didn't even hear it until the post-it note incident happened, and then I started seeing it absolutely everywhere. It was remarkable. 
So when I'm working with people, I'm coaching, and these guys, I, I talk to everybody, I think of it as, as an emotion, as a reflexive response to something. A feeling is the physical manifestation of an emotion. So when a kid says, I don't feel like it, that's the feeling of the emotion is it's too difficult or I don't want to think about that. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. What was fun, and the reason I want to do this, this program with these guys, everybody, is this is complicated, and I needed somebody that was on both sides of it now, before and after. Riley <clears> – <throat> There was a point in time in coaching where you could kind of hear ADD, but you couldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now you see it in spades. It's like magnified, like you're starting to understand the interplay. Has that helped you coaching? Oh, my goodness. It has absolutely transformed my coaching. Um, just the other day I was listening back to some of our first calls together, and, oh, my gosh, I just wanted the answer. Just, just give me the answer. <laughs> And I'll go and I'll tell everybody, and I'm shaking my finger as I do this, I'll go tell everybody what their problem is and what the solutions are. And I'm so grateful now coaching is so much easier because I know that I am providing space for self-reflection and providing space and, and support for the client to do the thinking for themselves. But I'm here to ask questions and kind of keep them on topic. And that's worked you, really, really well. And you're noticing that when you're asking to think how hard it is and how much they even want to escape it when you're on the phone? Oh, absolutely. I mean, clients will tell me that their brain is exhausted by the time that yeah. we're done because asking them to do so much thinking. And I know what that feeling feels like because yes. of your mentorship for us. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Tell you what. Time-wise, I'm going to go to a break. I'm going to come back because we got a leash on this because I want to kind of convert this um, for coaches and also for the people out there that have ADHD to really kind of make this transition. Again, our secret word tonight is go, G-O, and you got to check out – you've got to learn more about Riley and Griffin and everybody else at the center uh, by going to their website, centerforlivingwellwithadhd.org. Again, centerforlivingwellwithadhd.org, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com. Dot com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, special thanks to the Center for Living Well with ADHD and Griffin and Riley for coming on the show to illustrate something that's difficult for me to do without somebody uh, kind of like a before and after. 
what I want to emphasize is in understanding Dr. Russell Please's model of executive function and ADHD, the model is fascinating. Begins, it begins to explain itself. And one of the things that we know with that model is thinking inside your head, if you have ADHD is impaired, it's more difficult. And so when things are difficult, we tend to want to escape pain, and it manifests often as a what looks like a focus issue. Again, it is, but the root cause isn't willpower focus. Often it's thinking is made if, when it's difficult, there's an escape. The second part, we talked about the post-it incident to illustrate how it can happen and not really look like it's that emotional. It's, there's no tears. There's no anger. It's just sometimes you'll say something just to get out of the thinking process. I've had people before where I'm coaching and said, I need to go think about that. And I'll come back and say, let me ask you a question. In the entire history of your life, whenever you've said you need to go think about something, have you ever actually gone back to do it? It's the escape. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do it, but they, they actually mm-hmm. own up that they never actually do it. And so with this in mind, I want to kind of turn with both of you that you understand this. I think we've talked about this. You're starting to see more and more ADHD in your clients because in the coaching call, you're asking them questions, trying to engage their thinking process, and even then they're having some difficulty, but you're starting to realize that what looks like a focus problem is, but thinking is really an impairment here. Griffin, you want to talk about your experience with this and and understanding this and and your new lens coaching uh, particularly uh, teens? Yeah, I think, you know, it's – I guess I'd start off with just the awareness that I've gathered from this and the sort of the places that I'm seeing in myself, the mm-hmm. the emotional response showing up and trying to escape out of the thinking process. Um, and then by noticing it in myself, I'm also then noticing it in kids. Um, some of the bigger areas with teens that you we're seeing it or I'm seeing it, I guess, is conversations with parents um it's not goal oriented right so the conversation is um emotionally driven from start to finish um Mm -hmm. they're not thinking through okay what do i need to do how do i need to do it what can i do in order to help my mom or dad say yes to what i'm asking of them or whatever it might be um so that's one of the bigger areas the other is homework and sort of tests and studying and Obviously, no one likes doing homework. No one likes studying for tests. I mean, we all went through high school. It's not fun. However, we all also have to, in some way, shape, or form, do these things. And for my ADHD clients, it's not. There's not a lot of awareness around what's hard about this for me. Where is the you know? How is my how are my emotions making this more difficult or less difficult for my brain to to start or complete this studying or this assignment? Um, so. When they're able to slow down, and as you say, just sort of take that pause and think about this and sort of slow down the overwhelm, slow down the emotional response, and truly think about how they can accomplish this goal, lay out a plan, organize their thoughts on paper externally, they have a much easier time. And frankly, a lot of the kids will be able to repeat this over and over again with enough practice. One of my favorite mm-hmm. stories is a kid who – I mean, a hard time is IT homework. And then the knows me knows I am the least capable tech person you're ever going to meet in your life. Mm-hmm. But we decided to give it a go, and he went through his, tech, his IT homework. And at the end of it, he said, thanks for your help. I said, but, you know, I, I didn't actually do anything. I just sat here, and you told me what you were doing and how you were doing it the whole time. I, I may have asked you three questions. He said, no, no, you told me what to do. I said, okay, let's go back and listen to the recording. And we just had to record it for the, the last 20 minutes. I literally asked him three questions. It's the least I've talked to on any call I've ever had. <laughs> I asked him three questions the entire time. 
he was talking out loud to himself. And at the end of the recording, he said, oh, my God, I told myself to do, to do those things. You didn't tell me to, but because I said it out loud, I was thinking about it, and it made it feel like I was being told to do it, and it was okay. Oh, I can do this all the time. Oh, my God. I said, yeah, isn't, isn't that cool? <laughs> right? But he was able to put aside his emotions and think through by thinking out loud. He put aside the feelings of overwhelm, focused on thinking, thought out loud, verbalized his process, and what was an impossible task took him about 15, 20 minutes. So this, this is a beautiful, perfect example. Know that you were there in presence asking him questions. Believe it or not, just asking questions helps those with ADHD think, and he was able to resolve it on the phone. Is that coaching? Mm-hmm. Well, it's coaching if you mirror back and say, hey, you're doing this. But there's a lot of value in that because we're actually working with clients to actually help them think. So effectively, you were just there as, a, as asking him questions, being his presence for him to think out loud, and you got an outcome within 10 or 15 minutes. Not really knowing mm-hmm. that that's front and center for executive function. And he's like, oh, my God, you yep. helped me so much. You could hear the joy in his voice because you actually made the thinking yeah. easier. Make sense? Yeah. It awesome. was great. It was awesome. It was one of my favorite kids. <laughs> Riley, <laughs> you're starting to notice thinking is difficult in helping your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I um, focus on college and up. Um, Griffin often is working with the younger high school and younger clients. Um, and something I'll notice is that there's an emotional response uh, in how people talk to themselves. So uh, often one that comes up that is, oh, I just need to write this email. Just need to write it. If I just get it done, I would finally be on track, and oh, my gosh, I'm so off track, and I do this all the time, and, and like da-da-da-da, like terrible things about ourselves. So like noticing that there is an emotional response when we're all of a sudden like, oh, I'm not doing this because I'm lazy. Oh, I'm not doing this because another mean thing about ourselves. And that's actually a shortcut explanation that is not the case. The answer is much more nuanced than that. So <laughs> what will happen is that we, we explore it. Okay, well, hold on a minute. You say you just need to do this email, respond to this email. Well, what's the email about? Well, it's about, uh, hold on, let me go look at it. So first of all, <laughs> they were trying to remember what they needed to do instead of what was actually in front of them by looking at the email. Okay, so then we go take a look. And often, it's not a straightforward email. There's something where maybe they need to consult their calendar plus somebody else's calendar, or perhaps they need to attach something that they actually don't have. So the just needing respond to the email has nothing to do with their character. Instead, it's a multi-step process that they're trying to do inside of their heads. And so when we're coaching together, all of a sudden I'm asking questions around, okay, well, what does your calendar look like? Or um, how might you find this attachment? Like, how do you do all of that? And so together um, we're figuring out what's their path forward to get this email out there. Because before they hadn't thought about it. They were escaping and, again, just saying mean things that weren't true. So, so this is actually – everybody, this is obvious, but it's not. Like I, I've worked with people before where I said this, and they say, I get it, I get it, I get it, and then sometime down the road they really, really get it. And in this one, this is beautiful. I just need to write the email. I'm lazy, right? I need to write the email as a statement of a goal. 
saying I'm lazy is easier for me to say than actually stop and go, what is the email about? What is this really happening? Is it straightforward? Do I have the attachment? Like you begin to think cognitively about everything that needs to be done. It's easier just to call yourself lazy and get out of it. It's literally like an escape. And sometimes yep. you can begin to see that whenever somebody's shaming or blaming themselves, now this is not 100%, so you have to understand like there's situational variables. Often it's easier for them just to blame themselves and shame it than actually – it's a thinking problem that is mm-hmm. too hard for them. What I like about what you just described, Riley, is you're realizing if you ask them the questions, you're beginning to engage their thinking brain so that they can actually get to the point in time where they write a goal, whereas Laura McNivitz once said you can't coach – you can't you can't treat people with ADHD through the lens of shame and blame because you're not addressing the problem. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I, what's fun about having you guys on is I know you're starting to see this more and more in your coaching clients, and you're starting to see the pattern because thinking is really difficult for people with ADHD. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think the the I just is one of my favorites. I had a college student who said to me, "I just need to go to the library," and then I got my homework done, no problem. He was a junior, so I said, how long have you just needed to go to the library for? He said, about oh, two and a half years. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> maybe it's not that simple. Maybe it's not as easy as I just need to go to the library. Let's, maybe there's some unpacking to be done. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we can do that. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I, w- I want to kind of pull this together uh, a little bit, but, you know, I th- the, the point of this really is is often people are not – yelling and screaming, they're just saying, yeah, I need to think about that, or they're doing a throw, yeah, a post will take care of that, or I'm just going to set an alarm, and they never really think about, is that really going to work? I mean, own your ADHD. If you set alarms and it doesn't work, you have to say, well, that's not going to work. What's going to happen? I I do remember I was coaching a physician one time, and they needed to take notes after they got done with their patients, and they kept, you know, they were trying to escape because it was painful. One day I said, well, you know, why don't you go to a store and get a clamp, like a clamp in a shop and put around your wrist. It weighs like two or three pounds. And like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, well, I'm trying to get your attention. If you put a clamp around your list, walking around a doctor's office, you, you, it's going to get your attention and remind you that you need to do this because so far nothing is really registering because emotionally you really don't want to do it. And they didn't really want to do it. They also really didn't want to mm-hmm. put in the effort to do what they needed to do to make it happen. That's an emotional escape. And a, a lot of times, as you, we can again understand, emotions are at the epicenter of this, and a lot of times it's an emotional escape when thinking gets difficult. So the obvious answer is – we need to make thinking a little bit easier, which is a whole other show for another time. So anyway, mm-hmm. as we pull this together, any last comments or thoughts, Griffin? Well, I guess, you know, I think the, the – as I think, I think the, the biggest thing for me talking about emotions is just taking the time to be aware of when your emotions are showing up. It wasn't until I realized the, the post-it note story happened that I really started to take the time to really look – and knew what I was looking for, um, and and I think that that made all the difference in the world for me as a person with ADHD, and it made all the difference in the world for me as a coach who coaches people with ADHD. Awesome, awesome, Riley, your turn. I mean, I think that Griffin really summed it up well. Um, to understand this concept um, truly is life changing for um, folks with ADHD. So Griffin and I recognize it so much more in ourselves, and that makes us better coaches uh, so we can support people understanding this as well because it's a, 
understanding this concept really feels very freeing um, to understand what's going on when we're trying to do so much thinking inside of our heads. It's awesome, and I'm grateful for you guys coming on. To do this show, I really needed somebody who didn't get it, who did get it, and you guys definitely get it in spades right now. You see it's related to executive function. You start to see it all the time with people with ADHD. So with all that, Riley Griffin, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having us, Jeff. All right, everybody, you got to check it out. Center for Living Well with ADHD.org. Go check it out. Our secret word tonight is go. And with that, catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.